Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first, I guess, official off-season episode of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and formerly this was called The Daily Grind, but I kind of decided that was taken off of a... An old uh, series we used to do over at SteelCityUnderground.com. It was a daily series, and I'm kind of like, you know, this is like a daily grind now. As the Steelers aren't in the postseason, we start to venture off into different topics. And I said, you know what? We're just going to call this the grind because this point in season, uh, well, I mean, the NFL season doesn't officially start until March again now. So it is sort of a grind between now and then to the finish and then at the beginning. And especially so for those of you two percenters, as we so affectionately love to hang out with us in June <laughs> post draft after the fallout and everything uh, that could get a little dry. So thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, joining us. I know there were some folks that were asking is there any off-season content? You betcha. I'm already starting to spruce things up for uh, this off-season. Got some more time on my hands. You'll see some of the uh, usual visuals and things around here have been updated or upgraded, and we're going to continue putting uh, a lot of effort and some of your suggestions looking for some of your suggestions recommendations hell we'll even take some show topics uh, because we'll need some of that information however we do have some topics already on deck because this is the Steelers offseason that's already begun for them and about a little over half of the rest of the league however However, um, it's not all said and done for everyone just yet. And that's why it's hard to jump to a lot of the conclusions and things that are going on. So, you know, without further ado, let's bring up some of these topics. Uh, the all pro teams officially announced over uh, the Associated Press, the NFL, the NFL insiders and everyone else officially putting out all of the uh, first and second teams and I can bring some of that up here on screen. This is courtesy of Ian Rappaport. You'll see Patrick Mahomes, uh, first-team quarterback, really the only Steeler that makes it and the one that really deserves the recognition if you want me to just cut to the chase. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. Remember those clowns at Pro Football Focus that told all of us that Minka didn't have it? He wasn't an all-pro. Well, there you have it. It's right there in Ian's tweet. Uh, there's a several AFC North players. It's kind of interesting to see who doesn't make the list. Obviously, TJ Watt isn't on here because he was injured during the season. But, you know, like uh, none of the Cincinnati receivers. You do have Joel Petonio from the Cleveland Browns who's on this list. Uh, let me see, perusing some more. Roquan Smith, who was traded from the Bears to Baltimore, just landed a huge deal. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. And then Talona Hafunga. Oh, man, I know Flash is pretty beat up over him not being a Pittsburgh Steeler. He sure plays like it. He reminds you of Troy, and uh, I believe he's Troy's cousin. You always hear these things go through the the grapevine, and whether or not they're true, you know, I, I don't care as much to just go and look it up. So if you like to believe that, that's fine. Uh, the second team, Jalen Hurts makes it as a quarterback, so never say never about Kenny Pickett, right? Nick Chubb, second team running back from the Cleveland Browns. Go down the list a little further. Miles Garrett makes it on the defensive side as a second team edge rusher. And let's see, I believe that about wraps it up for the entire AFC North. Oh, I'm sorry. Justin Tucker was there as well as uh, Nick Moore, long snapper from the Baltimore Ravens. So they get two specialists in on this list. 
that represents the AFC North, the you know defending AFC champions. I don't see a single player from the Cincinnati Bengals anywhere up and down this list. That was um, that was kind of the interesting thing, and I'm, I'm still looking just to to double check and make sure you know uh, maybe I didn't get enough of my coffee, but I'm not seeing them there. Who day? Nobody knows. They're not on the list. So um, kind of just uh, moving forward with that uh, topic or the topic of discussion too is. Oh, this one's going to be really long winded and I apologize, but my dude, Alex Highsmith, I've been standing for, for so very long. He's, he's not even in the pro bowl conversation in consideration here. And I think this is just absolutely preposterous that this young man who led the Pittsburgh Steelers in sacks this season is, is not being represented. I'm not saying he's an all pro, but he's definitely should be in higher light of uh, what he's and maybe a little more accolades, a little more respect put on his name. I'm trying to think of the right words to, to bring up here, but I'll bring up the old statistics on uh, pro football reference. And let's bring that right along. Uh, Alex Highsmith is 14 and a half sacks led the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. That was good for sixth in the entire NFL uh, right above him with a, a sack more are Matt Judon and Chris Jones. And actually all five of these players listed above them, several uh, just after are all pro bowl um, uh, named players. Now I know it's the pro bowl games, et cetera, et cetera, but still, you know, it, it's accolades here. It, it's, it's an honor. It's something that says you're among the best of the best. And I think Alex Highsmith, he, he is, he, he's, he's making a case for himself and to be snubbed here, I don't know. Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett with six, 16 sacks. Uh, some of your usual suspects, either of these Bosa guys, uh, the, another t brother tandem, right? Uh, when they're healthy. Hassan Reddick, who's really found his way since becoming uh, an edge rusher, uh, misused in his early years in the NFL. And that's part of this. Uh, I'll talk about some of the wild card stuff coming up in the playoffs. Matt Judon, uh, formerly of the Ravens, and I mentioned Chris Jones. But you have Micah Parsons behind Highsmith, Max Crosby, and Brian Burns. And then running out your top 10, J.J. Watt. Quinn Williams is 11th in the league uh, from the Jets. And he actually got uh, nominated or made the Pro Bowl as well. The biggest thing here, though, is Alex Highsmith... <clears throat> led the league in forced fumbles. He had five forced fumbles this year. And if you go back to last year, and I was saying this on the show, and I had a lot of people who, uh, they were up in my business and are like, they thought I was smoking the wacky tobacco. I had some of the good stuff on hand and I wasn't. I told everybody who Alex Highsmith was going to be. I mean, I always defended Bud Dupree. There's guys though, that's still like, even though as much as I like defend somebody like Terrell Edmonds, who I'll bring up a little bit later as well, you still have something in the back of your mind. It's like, I can't, I can't go all the way there. And I won't go all the way there. Like I said, like a show or two ago with Brian, with Kenny Pickett. I'm not ready to lay like christen him the next Dan Marino just because he came out of pit and he had an all right rookie season. You see some guys that put up a little bit better numbers here or there in their rookie seasons. Not frequently, not frequently, not even Ben Roethlisberger, but there's different um, teams have a different way of doing different things. You throw Andrew Luck out there, you just let him throw the ball around, but he completed like 52% of his passes. You know what I mean? As a rookie, as a rookie. Uh, so, but Alex Highsmith's a guy that I was pretty full go on, and I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm pretty full bore on Cam Sutton as well, and I hope they bring him back. That's been a guy that I've been in his corner a lot uh, as well. But in 29 games since they kicked Melvin Ingram to the curb, remember that guy Melvin Ingram? 
and everybody kept talking about him because he was a veteran and was like, who cares? This guy's he's, he's beyond it. The reason he was adding added to the team like two days before camp opened is because TJ was having his little contract quiet quit thing. The same thing that Deontay Johnson just did last year. And I'm sure uh, we'll have to see who's on the list. We'll see who the next quiet quit candidate is. There'll be somebody around the league too. I'm not sure with the Steelers. I don't know if they have that big of a prized a uh, guy that's up for contract could be Highsmith. I mean, <laughs> he saw his uh, colleague TJ Watt do it, and I wouldn't blame him. These guys, uh, they deserve that. They they deserve what's coming to them, and when they get franchise tag, it's the only thing the player can do is recourse to pout and try and get their way. Uh, it's a two way street. A lot of people were talking about you know Lamar Jackson and his injury, and he hasn't gotten paid yet. And it's like, will you go? Would he go out there and play a playoff game and risk worse injury, and then maybe not make like? Right now, we're talking Deshaun Watson's almost like a quarter, what, a quarter of a million dollars guaranteed, or a quarter of a billion. I'm sorry, 240, 250 million. This is billion with a B. Ah, uh, you know what? The guy, you can call him a dick or a jerk or a jag as much as you want, but money talks, man. I mean, we're talking like your grandchildren that aren't even thought of yet. Or, or should be set, unless you have like 10 of them and then they end up being like little jerks. But that's a whole other scenario. I'm not going to get into that. Back to Alex Highsmith. 29 games since he started. Melvin Ingram riding the pine, getting splinters in his ass against the Seattle Seahawks. He had a, he had a sack and a half in that game Highsmith did himself. 29 games. In 29 games, he has 21 sacks. He has 35 quarterback hits. He has forced six fumbles. This guy is a load to contain, and I think it's about time that some people put some spec on his name. So uh, moving on with our other topics, because I could only talk about Alex Highsmith for so long. We see that a lot of the usual suspects here in the National Football League, man, Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, in Carolina Panthers, there's a fifth team here somewhere. It'll come to me in about a second, but Denver Broncos. And these teams were looking for coaches last year. Like, seriously, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, and um, they're sniffing around in all sorts of places looking for people. Uh, you see a lot of the usual names pop up. Jim Caldwell, Sean Payton, who is still, he retired, but was under contract to the Saints. So now somebody's got to, Got to give uh, up some some sort of compensation if they want Sean Payton. And I just think to myself, man, all the people, I'm going to get on this in a little bit, but Mike Tomlin, you just want to run him out of town. Just look no further than the circus that is the rest of this league. It's just absolutely crazy to me to take a look around and see <laughs> just the same teams, just the same miserable crap. Uh, just, uh, I, I can't deal with it. So, uh, and looking around at that, we know one of the hot names has already gotten uh, some sniffs from the uh, Cleveland Browns. Brian Flores, currently in a, a linebacker's assistant with the Pittsburgh Steelers, had a lawsuit against the Miami Dolphins in the NFL last year. I think it's still pending or ongoing. You know, those things, they drag out forever. Uh, Steelers had the guts to bring Flores in when he was probably a pariah. Nobody else. He was blacklisted. Nobody wanted to touch him. Now teams are talking, and he's getting some sniffs. Uh, I know another team was just looking at the head coach. I can't remember which of those five uh, just looked at him, so forgive me. But he's getting some interviews. I just hope for Brian's sake, after especially after 
he had uh, gone through all of this rigmarole with the Miami Dolphins, this lawsuit, landed on his feet with the Steelers. I'm selfish. I don't want him to go anywhere. I want him to stay in Pittsburgh. I would love it if Pittsburgh actually just promoted him, although I don't think Terrell Austin. I think we saw what happened when Terrell Austin finally had his full arsenal on display. Terrell Austin also has like a history. I'm not going to be that comfortable to just go out and defend Terrell Austin either. I think he did a fine job, but we know he's not done fine jobs, you know, like Cincinnati in particular. So Brian Flores would be a guy It's like, hey, can you keep him as the defensive coordinator? But he's a guy that has enough pedigree and probably got, I won't even say probably, I feel he got hosed out of his job, whether it's for other nefarious reasons that are brought up in his lawsuit. That's for a whole other conversation. That's not for me to get into. There's so many uh, different ways of looking at those angles, but I think just based on performance, yeah. Guy was a hell of a coach with the Dolphins. I think he's been a hell of a coach with the Steelers. So uh, I I would hope that some teams keep hands off. I think it's going to be very difficult to keep him in-house as selfish as I feel and where I'd like him uh, to remain and be a cog and be a key component with the Steelers and their growth. I mean, we didn't really, you saw some of it with the linebackers. I think basically the way that they attacked the Baltimore Ravens uh, and that's, uh, well, both games, to be completely honest. And even the way they attacked the uh, Cleveland Browns, they weren't going to get beat by the run. And I think a lot of that had Brian Flores' fingerprints on it. I, I, I think with him and Mike Tomlin, it, I'll face it. You know what? I'm going to give you a little story here. Flash, little shout out to you. I know you're not here today. We'll see you early next week. Hopefully um, we're both awake and, and capable of doing whatever. But uh, I'll give you an example. Zach joined here. Well, Zach's been here forever since pretty much the inception. but uh, more on a contributor side, not on the podcast. He comes on the podcast last year. Finally, you know, he had mentioned it, twisted his arm, got him on here. And it, it like reinvigorated me. You know what I mean? I've been doing this several years already. You're doing it once, twice, three times a week, whatever it may call for. And it, it wears you down. And pretty much it's like, uh, you know, everything, Everything rests on, uh, it would rest on maybe my shoulders if it gets done or not in some cases. And, you know, I love my buddy, uh, my other co-host out there, Brian E. Roach. Brian got real busy and I was doing a lot of this solo and stuff. So it's like a shout out, you know, uh, to my dude Flash, because I could see in the same way how Brian Flores may have had the same kind of impact or lasting effect on Mike Tomlin and the way this Steelers defense operated. I, I wouldn't say necessarily just a youth movement, but newness, fresh ideas, thinking outside the box, not just yes people. So shout out to both the ends, Flash and Brian. And Brian will be back. Brian was traveling today, so couldn't really hop on. We've tried to do this before where one of us calls in and gets patched in from, from uh, driving home or something like that or uh, on the road. And it didn't work out too well either. But still, if you got some suggestions and stuff, I thought about just like recording myself while I'm driving. That in itself would be an awesome YouTube show just based on all of the amount of road rage and me calling people idiots who swing around. Speaking of, well, you know what? Before I get into just speaking of and calling people idiots, uh, I would like to remind all folks that the Steel City Underground podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. And we're heading into the new year and there's going to be a big announcement coming from Manscaped. So Hold on to your hats there, as I will right here. Three, two, one. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball is officially dropped. It doesn't mean you have to drop your ball on your balls in 2023. That would kind of suck. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. 
I will never do that again. Uh, join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go over to the website, manscaped.com, and use the promo code SteelCity20. SteelCity20, and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. That's uh, that's the best in below-the-waist men's grooming, and it will be the best in men's grooming as soon as I could uh, started to let the cat out of the bag. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, but it's coming, and it's coming this week, and I'm pretty excited for it. You know, I, I know uh, we're very happy to have them as a sponsor, so let, let us have a toast for a new year, a new you, and a new you with no pubes from Manscaped. Steel City 20 is that promo code. And, uh, yeah, uh, love the folks over at Manscaped and uh, I don't ever want to do them wrong. And believe it or not, it's like, we've had plenty of sponsors. We've had plenty of product in the past where it's like, we're just reading this stuff. Not only is this fun, like their stuff is just so great that it, it's like, it's effortless to talk about. And I don't want to make the whole show about them obviously, but, uh, just, they, they got to get their plug once again, uh, manscaped.com still city 20 and we'll, uh, move along here. Cause I left off with saying idiots. Look, I'm not defending Matt Canada, and I'm not defending his job, the job that he's done or the job that he may retain, but I'm quite sick and tired of just everywhere I go on social media, there's someone who's got to draw attention to themselves and really sound like the, their own kind of idiot. Why isn't the news met to everything the Steelers put out on social media? Why, why isn't this Matt Canada firing news? You got all these talking heads on the radio. Where have you been? If I've been doing this as long as I've been doing, and I understand the Steelers give out three-year contracts. Now, Jeremy Fowler, who used to be one of the guys who covered the Steelers beat for ESPN, he's now moved up into like Ian Rappaport or Tom Pelissero type territory, but on the ESPN side. And... He came out with a little tidbit of information because it's very hard to track this stuff down. And forgive me if I'm broken record, but it is believed per Jeremy Fowler that Matt Canada is under contract for another year. And there was talk, you know, Phil Pony had said something about Randy Fickner or whoever getting canned almost immediately after the one season. He didn't have Todd Haley not renewed for a while because the Steelers had a bye week. They made the playoffs. There were several weeks into the postseason, and he was really, 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 really a scapegoat for what happened in that 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars game. I get it fourth and one. And you see Kenny Pickett sneak the ball. Like, I, Ben, big-ass man, not even just a grown-ass man, Big Ben. It's just they, they claim they didn't have it in the playbook, whether that's on Haley or whether that's on Ben. We'll never know. Uh, you still have a lot of um, folks that, they don't feel very comfortable about Matt Canada and whether or not he stays. And people are going to believe that he did just enough to retain his job at the end of the season, which I'm, uh, I could sympathize with that line of thought, but it's also the Steelers don't fire anyone. Typically they save face or they guarantee people you're going to be here for a few years. Stay here, blah, blah, blah. There's a guy that everybody wanted brought on board to begin with because you wanted somebody that wasn't, promoted from within the house. You wanted somebody from outside the building, somebody that was bringing college concepts to a stagnant Steelers offense. And you got what you got, and it didn't work with a 39, almost 40-year-old quarterback, 38 at one point, 39, right? Ben Roethlisberger, nothing against Ben. Old dog, new tricks. 
We saw it start to kind of grow with Kenny Pickett. I told all of you before that Mitch Trubisky wasn't the answer. So I can't even judge Canada on stuff before the bye week. And the way it grew with a rookie quarterback, do you want to destroy the rookie quarterback? Do you want that rookie quarterback to have a new offensive coordinator 50 times over just like, I don't know, like the Baker Mayfields of the world, for example. How many did Baker Mayfield have? I think he had Haley at one point, too. Um, he definitely had um, Freddie Kitchens, and then they changed it again, and then he was no longer with the team. It makes it very difficult for me to advocate for change while you're trying to progress a young quarterback. And then, you know, all new stuff this offseason when he didn't get all the full lion's share of snaps. Someone was arguing with this earlier, and it's like, in, in camp, right? QB1. He was firmly a QB3. It mixed in a lot of different guys. Everybody worked with everybody. Mitch, Mitch, Mason, Kenny. All three of them worked with guys like Anthony Miller, who I'm excited to see hopefully come back. Uh, another reason why they might not have to draft anyone. Very unfortunate that he got hurt, because we probably don't find out who Steve Sims is if that's how good Anthony Miller was. Um, you know, Miles Boykin and guys like that were all mixed in Gunner, but Deontay was quite quitting himself and none of these guys were throwing the ball to Deontay. So that was a little bit of a disservice. I know that Deontay and Mitch had a little bit of rapport. I think Deontay was with, uh, Mitch and working out during that trip that they had with the tragedy with Dwayne Haskins and stuff. Right. So just to kind of put some of this into perspective, you want Kenny to have a full off season without any like real turbulence or bumpy roads. Now they could probably still do that letting Canada go and they would probably promote Mike Sullivan who has offensive coordinator experience in the pros and in college. He's currently the quarterback's coach. Maybe they just saw enough of this. Maybe they see things we don't see that's in practice where, you know, just because the talking heads just feel everything sucked prior, the Steelers were starting to score about 20 points per game on average, a almost a full six to seven points more after the bye, but before it, eight out of nine games with 100 yards rushing or better. Yeah, even the offensive line improved. Can you upgrade? We're going to say this about players. I'm going to say it about coaches. Absolutely, you can, or you can at least believe that you can. It doesn't always mean that you will. This goes back to the things I just said. It's why I mentioned the Melvin Ingram, Alex Highsmith stuff earlier. Melvin Ingram was just not the right fit. Alex Highsmith has grown into his own. Todd Haley had a very difficult start to his tenure as the Steelers OC. And it came off of the offense already being bad before with Bruce Arians. Whether you want to believe it or not, I don't care about coach of the year awards one playoff win without Tom Brady that was in overtime. He was getting Ben sacked 215 times in five seasons with Bruce Arians as Ben Roethlisberger's offensive coordinator, 215 until last season, Ben's last season, October, six games in, I think, against the Cleveland Browns is when Ben Roethlisberger caught up. That was from like 2012 all the way to 2021. I know that Ben missed a season in between there, so you're talking at least eight full seasons. He gets sacked as many times as he did, and it's only he got sacked that many times because the offensive line was much worse last year, and Ben did not have the mobility that he did when he was younger or that 
even Trubisky or Kenny Pickett have. <laughs> Mason Rudolph, for that matter. Maybe even me. I don't know. I'm the same age as Ben. Ben's probably in way better shape than I am. Uh, but I feel it. I'm the same type of body type. I like. I understand. I get it. You know what I mean? So for all the folks who thought that Mike Tomlin was just going to come out on his press conference and say and claim that Matt Canada was going to get canned almost instantly. You haven't been paying attention long enough to know that the Steelers are going to probably honor their contract and they don't make a rush decision. All these other teams are starting to look in, into other coaches and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's great. But I think the Steelers, they're going to end up taking their time and they're going to honestly evaluate this. And it's because Mike Tomlin's been around 16 seasons. He's he's dealt with Ben was young. He wasn't a rookie. He's dealt with not having Ben at times too. And he understands player development. Probably better than just about anybody else in the league if you take a look at the way this team uh progressed throughout the season. And you just don't want to add those bumps. You've seen it happen with everyone else. You don't want to destroy this player. People will argue, they'll say, well, this Matt Canada offense is going to destroy Kenny Pickett anyways. Which is it? Did Kenny Pickett get better? Oh, you're going to say it's in spite of the guy who's drawing up and calling the plays. You got to give a little credit as much as, and I, again, I've got to preface this with saying, it's like, I am not out here. There are guys like tooth and nail I will defend. Mike Tomlin is one of them. Matt Canada is not one of them. <laughs> uh, but there's enough doubt in my mind. What if this turns the other way? that it did with Todd Haley versus Randy Fickner. You know, Randy Fickner was a nosedive. And let's face it, what did Canada have to work with? You got to get some of your players in place. It's a couple of years process. We said the offensive line was a three-year process. It's going to be year three of three now. And I think we're seeing where it's starting to come along. Add a body or two and should be sharp. I think that'll help the offense. And uh, the offensive line will help the offense. And we'll see if Matt Canada is still a guy or a play caller, but the Steelers definitely, I think need to have at least a backup plan. People will call them cheap. I don't think it's necessarily cheap. The Steelers don't have like a bazillion assistants because they don't need like 50,000 cooks in the kitchen. They need a few like prep people, the line cooks and whatnot, and a dishwasher. And you got some people that are in charge. They've never had any qualms about hiring people that are former head coaches, Brian Flores, Todd Haley, Mike Munchak, to put in as coordinators or position people, even Dick LeBeau for that matter, back and forth. So just, uh, just some food for thought as I see all of these. It, it's just, it's obnoxious. And we can go back. I don't know if the Fire Fickner stuff was as big or made a hashtag as much. I remember the Fire Haley one. Just, it was nonstop every week. Just because he could get in arguments with Roethlisberger on the sideline or would they put him on the sideline and then put him in the box or whatever to kind of keep him away? <laughs> funny stuff. But that does bring me to my next uh, topic here. And that is Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin. And I just, I, I don't understand where some of the trolling comes from on the internet we get accused just as much as anyone else of blowing smoke up mike tomlin's ass and being all rainbows and unicorns about what people think is mediocrity 
and you look around the league, and I mentioned it, Andy Reid, one playoff win in nine seasons, four with the Eagles, and I think five with the Chiefs. Consecutive. You know, the Eagles gave up on them. I think the Chiefs and them are more than happy to see how it came along. It's called patience with some of this. But there was a good discussion that came up on social media that I saw. And it, and it asked how many people are old enough to remember the AFC title games, especially at home, that Bill Cower lost when he was the head of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And imagine if social media was around then. And of course, some of the comments that came around from this person that brought this up and people were saying, yeah, yeah, we were saying about, about, about Cower because he couldn't get to the Super Bowl. They need somebody that can get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but now you're just happy with mediocrity and non-losing seasons. You can't say anything or else you're called a racist. You know, I don't get political on this show. But let's face it, there are some people that probably have those type of thoughts. I'm not going to say that because you think whether or not Mike Tomlin's a good or bad coach that you're one way or the other having those type of thoughts about race. He's going to get in the spotlight because he's by by far the most successful African-American coach ever. And the Steelers are basically were the pioneer of the Rooney rule. They were also pioneers with HBCUs, Bill Nunn, and so many other progressive forward thinking ways that it is difficult to see people make those kind of slanderous comments. It just doesn't mean when they say mediocrity that they think uh, Mike Tomlin is because of his skin color, right? That's not where I'm going at all. That's probably like 5% or less maybe of the comments that are out there. But a lot of this is just entitled spoiled brats who come up with the bull Boroshitsu, as I'll call it of they're not happy with non-losing seasons. They're not happy because there hasn't been playoff wins recently. Why didn't you do this with the killer bees? And some of these are way bigger topics than what I could cover in just one show. We know about the killer bees. How many times did they have all those guys on the field in the playoffs? It wasn't Le'Veon Bell that fumbled against the Denver Broncos as Fitzgerald Toussaint in scoring position when they're about to put the Denver Broncos away. And Ben throwing the guys like Kobe Hamilton or Jesse James. And they still made the AFC Championship game when they did have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell ends up um, getting uh, getting injured in the first quarter of that New England Patriots game. Sorry, uh, just had a brain fart there. So you saw how that ended up turning out when they lost their run attack there. So they lose Le'Veon Bell in the first quarter of that game, and that's about the last time that they've won some playoff games. 2017 was a disappointment. Oh, they lost to Blake Bortles. Oh, you know what? They only beat David Garrard that one year because it's the Jaguars. David Garrard was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, maybe even that season. The, the, you know, the Jaguars used to have guys like, what, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, and they had dudes. You know what I mean? Uh, but people just, like, toss this out the window or playing against an AFC North opponent on the road in the rain when they're talking about A.J. McCarron, for example, and the Bengals. But Bill Cowher lost to Stan Humphreys in the San Diego Chargers in 1994 in Pittsburgh. And Cordell Stewart throwing three picks in a game and them losing to, what, a combo of, like, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady? Who Nobody knew who Tom Brady was back then. Tom Brady's just some, like, sixth-round pick. He's some clown from that... University up north. I'll say it for those who don't understand the Ohio State 
joke, but it's we don't refer to it as so tough to say. Michigan. How about that? Harbaugh again this year taking interviews. I should have said that before. Like he gets this program back. It's a side thought, but it's like it popped in my head. He gets this program back to prominence after it being just like complete and utter doormat for the most part for a couple of seasons there. And now he's talking about leaving. What an ass. Well, that's all I got to say about him. I don't like either one of those guys, uh, uh, particularly Jim. Stay in college. Stay there because it makes it easier to hate that university up north. I, I didn't like him in the NFL either. I always used to thought he was like this crap baby. Get off the field. But the people that talk about like if there was social media with Bill Cowher, absolutely they'd be saying the same stuff. And he's in the Hall of Fame. Along with Chuck Knoll. And Mike Tomlin's not far behind. He's just going to have to wait a few years to be eligible after he decides he doesn't want to do this anymore. Oh, it, it, it boils by, it really does. It, it really boils me for folks to not be able to understand. I just went through vacancies. You had the Raiders. The Raiders had a guy on their staff that was a special teams coach that did an adequate job when Gruden like got fired for his own remarks and you know the Mike Mayock out the door to, you know but the, it was the flashy he was the flashy GM the flashy 10 year 100 million dollar coach and they're like no we don't want to keep you special teams guy i always mess up his his uh his name i've got to definitely look this up because he deserves the credit that's uh due to him and they moved this team to vegas it's you know, imagine if you're the Steelers and you've been a Steelers fan all your life and they've moved you from Pittsburgh to would have been Charlotte before there was like, you know, like expansion team, obviously, but they move you somewhere, St. Louis or somebody that doesn't have a team and they move you back to Pittsburgh. And now it's like, oh, you know what? Orlando's a nice little place. Let's move there. Or San Antonio. Like, well, it's just, uh, so Rich Basaccia. That's his name. Seven and five is interim coach, but they still made it into the postseason. Uh, Gruden was three and two. He had to resign, not fired. Resigned. That's a nice way of saying that's that's how it works. Matt Canada could resign or just not be rehired, right? And they go and they get the people who are trying to be get, get Josh McDaniels off of this Patriots franchise for how long now? The offensive coordinator and all the magic that he does. And Nathaniel Hackett goes to the Denver Broncos and they trade for Russell Wilson. They give Russell, hey, you know what, Russell? We know you're already making a decent amount of money, but let's give you more. And let's make our team even more handicapped than what they already are by the salary cap. None of this worked out for anybody or is working out. And now they're going to get rid of Derek Carr in Las Vegas. They'll probably end up in Indianapolis where they fired, geez, who was just their coach? Frank Reich. When they tried to get, Reich was there because they tried to get McDaniels. And then they hired a guy, Jeff Saturday. We know offensive linemen. We love offensive linemen. They're some of the smartest dudes on the planet. They got to know every single role and position on the field. They got to know everything that's going on with the machine. You just don't tell them running a straight line. And I don't want to simplify that. There's, there's a tell. These should all be college educated folks, right? In the NFL. Okay. So at least we're on that. We're on that. Um, should be. We know what it was uh, at one point. Maybe it still is at some places, but. Basket weaving 101, so, you know, guy could still play football and make the university some money. But Jeff Saturday gets that job, and he might be in the running for it. Who knows? And Steve Wilkes turned that whole thing around with Carolina after they went out after another flashy guy named Matt, Matt Rule, from the college scene. And 
these teams just don't learn. But subsequently, neither do the fans. Come on. Get just cut Mike Tomlin some slack. Somebody said they wouldn't there was two different quotes I saw out there in this past week with Mike Tomlin. Oh, I would make him my coach of the year for the way this turned around. And then somebody else, I think it was Mike Florio with Pro Football Talk. And Florio said he just cleaned up his own mess. It wasn't really a, it wasn't a mess. The only mess that I would see is that you had a future Hall of Fame quarterback retire. You had some offensive linemen that had retired a few years before, over the course of a couple years before that. And you had no salary cap, so to speak, from the previous season due to COVID lowering the cap, which was unprecedented at the time. And you managed to get a roster built and you had all three of the popular avenues to go get it, to have a starting quarterback, draft a guy, keep him on your bench a few years, develop him. That's Mason Rudolph. Sign the best veteran guy available with starting experience. That was Mitch Trubisky. Go get someone in the first round. Got the only guy drafted in the first round. Kenny Pickett. And let's see how it works. And he went with the veteran. And it didn't necessarily work out, but that's because he's trying to get the rookie. You could tell that Mike Tomlin, there's things he d- he won't say publicly about Kenny Pickett, but you could tell he has a really good feeling about Kenny Pickett. And we saw some things where it's very uncharacteristic of Coach Tomlin, how he... So he's did, he did it before with Rudolph and, and or Duck, and he did it to both of them. You can't just say he yanked Rudolph for Duck. He also yanked Duck for Rudolph. Rudolph broke his collarbone. I forgot who that long bomb ball was too, but um, he, but he, that's not characteristic of him. He was never going to pull Big Ben. He believed at any time he could win with Big Ben. You can tell when it's fourth and one, he believes he can, he, he can do it now. Like He wasn't that analytics guy before. But he's gotten a little aggressive here or there. He's also broken his mold when it comes to the bell cow running back. Maybe out of necessity in both cases. Maybe the necessity was, hey, we're already losing and it's not looking good. Let's just start getting the quarterback some experience and see how it turns out. And let's see if he is the guy. Because then if we truly stink this year, maybe we pull one of these things like Arizona did and trade and uh, get a different quarterback. (laughs) Uh, to maybe two years in a row, there's uh, two different quarterbacks that you end up drafting. So, you know, you got to give the Steelers some credit. You got to give Mike Tomlin some credit. They didn't have, they didn't go out there. They didn't blow their load to go get a Watson or go get a Wilson or to keep an Aaron Rodgers. I know we were on some Aaron Rodgers train there, but I kept thinking to myself in the back of my mind, they give up draft picks and they give up money or capital. How are they going to put a team around him that could compete? And the ones that usually have the quarterbacks making the big money don't. I think that Patrick Mahomes window is slowly closing, to be completely honest. But it also helps they have Andy Reid. It's a coach and a quarterback. That's a con- combination. But yeah, the, the running back committee kind of thing. Mike Tomlin hasn't done that since his early years in the league when they had Willie Parker and Mawelde Moore. And it has all been just giving one guy the ball with the exception of, I want to say again, it was like 2012. You got to have some patience and see. It was like Ike Redman, Richard Mendenhall never really came back from that knee injury. Um, trying to think who else was there, like Baron Batch or um, 
There was somebody else. There was like four running backs, and they just couldn't get anybody got any traction. He went out and got a running back to solve that problem for many years to come. And if Bell doesn't leave, he's probably one of the all-time greats. We're probably talking his numbers are up there, just like Franco, Jerome Bettis, or anybody else. And just unfortunate how that works out, but he went he took the money over the legacy. So it is what it is. Now he, he would have been probably out of the league right about now, anyways, at 30, 31 years old, or uh kind of res, uh resorting to a reserve role in that manner. But uh, the the foresight with Mike Tomlin and this staff and everybody else to do what they did and transition in the way they did this season. I, I don't know that it's coach of the year quality. I'm not going to argue that too. I thought that was really facetious. I already mentioned Steve Wilkes, but geez, uh, Dan Campbell with the Lions, Doug Peterson turning that Jaguars franchise completely around. Both of those teams had the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers did. And um, as far as turning their record around and ending the season where they did, and the Jaguars actually made the postseason. So uh, that's just, um, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to have a lot of things to say about Tomlin, but to say mediocrity is just, you don't know ball. And I'm sorry. And if you want to call me names or something like that, or if you think that's insulting, you're allowed to have your own opinion. I just don't look for me to agree with it. I think most of the folks here understand that this team has stayed where it stayed. And that is relevant. There hasn't been like, there's one game that Mike Tomlin has coached that didn't have any sort of playoff implications to it. It's quite incredible. And they've every time that they've been out of this thing, I thought this year would be the first year, honestly, the first year where they were out of this thing or they were completely out of it and they weren't like the first team on the outside looking in. I'm not sure that they were actually the first team this year, but I believe they were pretty close because I think they leapfrogged the Patriots. They just needed the Dolphins to lose and they would have jumped in there. So I believe they were the next on deck and that has happened every single year that Tomlin hasn't made the playoffs. So he's always been above the board and for 33 straight years, still a better record than the Cleveland Browns. Remember that team was supposed to be the paper champions that had won the Super Bowl so many times so often we'll see where their consistency is, but it's like, it, that's one of those franchises. That's not the rag on the Browns. It's just look how many times they had to keep trying it to get where they are now and where they are now still wasn't good enough. Okay. Moving on. Another one. That's just driving me up a wall. The bills are still playing <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds. I like Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds was a dude that we know the Steelers were interested in acquiring back during the draft, right? Same year that they drafted and took his brother, uh, Terrell. They're twins. They're brothers. And he's good. He's good inside linebacker. It's a position the Steelers, I think, are st definitely still looking to upgrade, still looking to find. Ryan Shazier, man, had like a trajectory that could have been Hall of Fame-like. Had he kept going, he was really starting to make some like legendary plays. We talk about that playoff game in Cincinnati and he knocked the ball loose. Who does that? That's like Troy Polamalu's stuff, right? But in talking about Tremaine Edmonds as being a potential fill-in, he's going to be a free agent. Up the brakes, man. Where's my pen? My pen needs thrown here somewhere. Pump those brakes. He's scheduled to be a free agent. There's a huge difference. Buffalo's still playing. You're not going to be able to talk to anybody that might not be signed yet until a couple of days. Tampering, legal tampering, period. In March, when the new league year starts. Between now and then, we don't know what Buffalo's going to do. 
Buffalo could be out of it this week. I kind of doubt it. But Buffalo might go all the way. I, I don't know. They got a good chance. They got something to play for, too. A very uh, emotional team now. And they might not have the room for Edmonds. They might be able to make room for Edmonds. They just gave their quarterback a load of money. They just gave Von Miller a load of money. Maybe he will, maybe he won't be back. Maybe you got to see what the market really evaluates him as. You remember Dante Hightower or Drake Kirkpatrick visiting the Steelers recent years? Oh, they're going to make this big splash and sign these guys. They're free agents. And then it was just leverage to re-sign with their teams, Patriots and the Bengals. And that kind of stuff happens too. Well, Terrell's going to bring them to the Steelers. Wait, hold on a second. Terrell... It's a free agent. He's scheduled to be a free agent too. It's not a free agent yet. Will the Steelers sign him beforehand or will they let him test the market again? They let him test the market last year or was no given that he was going to return to the Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, I wanted to say that maybe even DeMonte Casey got signed before he did. I gotta go check that out now. That's just a random thought. So why would he's going to recruit his brother to go to a team that he's no longer going to be on? <laughs> Come on, folks. You got to get some of the, got to get your calendar in order. You need one of those daily planners where you know like what some of the dates are. I I don't know. I, I would love to I would love nothing more than to have Tremaine Edmonds on this team. Don't get me wrong. But right now, talking about it is kind of like an exercise of futility. There's really no reason to be bringing it up. It's it right now, it's nothing but fantasy. And it will continue to be fantasy all of the rest of January and through February. Now, when we get a little bit closer little bit closer, like the little three little pigs, wee, 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 bit closer. Then we could start to speculate. But for all we know, this team finishes up their season wherever they are, Buffalo. They move some contracts around because they're mind. They're not. This is in their future, but this isn't the thing that they're working on right now. That's the thing we're all looking at because the Steelers season's over. They're starting to put together these plans. They got a little bit more time, so they can be one of those teams next year. Made Edmonds would be an awesome signing. You bring in bring Terrell back, and you got those bloodline kind of things. You bring Tremaine in there. Tremaine and Miles Jack. Bring back Spilly, too. I, I like that a lot. I like that as a nice piece. But who stays? Who goes? Who gets sacrificed? Could you still bring back a Larry Ogunjobi if you sign a Tremaine Edmonds? There are a lot of moving pieces when it comes to this. But all I see everywhere is that somebody, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm the only guy that knows anything anywhere or I'm the only one who said it, but I, I identified Tremaine Edmonds as a potential free agent whose contract was going to be up two months ago, back in November, somewhere on this show, I know I said it. And all of a sudden, I was just like, okay, everyone's going to jump on this, but let's still pump our brakes. We don't know that he will be available or where he may go or if the Steelers even have any interest. So I'll just leave it at that. That's all I really have to say about Tremaine. Excellent player. They could even go somewhere else. I want to say Leighton Vander Esch is another guy that could be available. Um, but how good is he? Is he somebody that you feel is an upgrade or can he be a bargain or will he stay in, stay in Dallas? Maybe a discount. Maybe Dallas goes a distance or something. That's something to actually talk about and wrap up this show. Let's talk about... Super wild card weekend. I hate that it's called super. I think it's super duper stupid to call it super. I don't like there being a Monday night game. I I got other words I'll say, but I'm not going to say that because my mama told me if I didn't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. I said plenty of not nice things so far on this show. But taking a preview, taking a look at 
these super wild card weekend teams. And I'm going to pull it up here. So bear with me. Give me one second. Oh, geez. I was just on Twitter. Canada and the facilities. The next tweet needs to be, you know, what is the Canadian fired yet? Okay. Anyways, at least Andrew McCutcheon's back with the pirates 36 years old, but that's pretty cool. I know people could be a little bit excited about that. If you're following baseball, the Saturday games, folks, we've got a 4:30 NFC game. Seventh seed Seattle Seahawks. Nobody, 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 just like the Steelers, had them competing for anything this year. And they needed some help, but they got it, and they got in, and they get to travel and have a repeat divisional game against the San Francisco 49ers, who have, like, basically a Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback. Or was he actually Mr. Irrelevant? I think he was, right? We have that thrown around a lot. Brock Purdy, if you don't know who I'm talking about, who's doing pretty decent the bare minimum that he needs to do in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Kyle's a guru. He's a solid head coach. There's a guy, though, that still hasn't won the chip. Gets him in the playoffs, and usually they flop at some point here, and this is primed to be. Seattle isn't traveling very far. They go a little south. They go to San Fran. This is the equivalent of a 1 o'clock afternoon game on the West Coast for them. It's an opponent that they're very familiar with. The coaches are familiar with each other. This could go either way. Seattle's defense I don't think is good enough. You're a Steelers fan. Do you care about either of these games? That's what I'll ask about each of these. Uh, each of these that I bring up, I don't think you do. I think 49ers haven't really lost any games since they went after Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how they have the money to spend on all this different stuff. I know they're getting the Garoppolo contract off their books. Purdy's doing okay. What do you do with Trey Lance? They use some draft picks and stuff to move up and get him because they thought he was going to be the guy and. Man, you talk about like even a team that's in the postseason has drama that's being talked about for next year. So my pick here, I mean, Seattle could have the upset, but I just I'm not feeling it with Geno Smith. Um, he, he does enough, but San Francisco, I think, will at least move on to the next round playing this home game as the two seed. <coughs> Excuse me. Second best team in the NFC. You get an AFC matchup, 815 Eastern. Uh, oh, by the way, that game was on Fox and Fox Deportes. Uh, this game, 815 Eastern AFC game, the fifth seed LA Chargers against the fourth seed uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on NBC, Peacock, and Universo. Oh, man. Jacksonville hosting a home game. I'm getting pumped up. I need some coffee. Jack me up a little bit more. I'm actually excited. I, sometimes I like the underdog. For some reason, like Jacksonville stuck with me. I guess maybe it's just because I, I liked it when I was down there. It was pretty cool. It's it's good to see that fan base that has, what, they had like nine out of ten straight losing seasons and threatened to maybe move them to London. Finally get their due, right? Especially when they got Trevor Lawrence. Last year's number one overall pick at quarterback. Um, Justin Herbert, Chargers, they've got a lot going on. Good for them, too. But they got to travel West Coast. Does behoove them that it is an evening game or a night game. They got to play at Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's got enough in the arsenal to beat the Chargers. This could be a low-scoring game, despite, you know, Herbert can sling it around the field. I know they got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Uh, but Peterson's got the playoff experience. Can we say the same on the Chargers side of things? I mean, all of these players are pretty new to this process. So give me give me the home teams on both of these. I know the home teams don't always win these ones. Sunday, you've got uh, 1 o'clock Eastern AFC. Miami Dolphins traveling to, they're the seventh seed, traveling to the Buffalo Bills. This one's on CBS, Paramount+. Plus. Of course, all these games, if in your local area, uh, should be 
um, I, I thought the playoffs were all on NFL Plus too. It's kind of weird they didn't have it in their own um, uh, press release here. But anyways, Miami at Buffalo, no chance in hell. Let's just move on. Buffalo Bills are going to smoke them. They should very easily. I don't think they have a good enough defense. Miami does. I know they did better or whatever. It's Skylar Thompson. This team shouldn't even be in the playoffs. This team shouldn't have beat the Jets. It's just how bad Joe Flacco, the Jets' offense, were. And it's a shame that Zach Wilson or Mike Wade or whatever couldn't couldn't do enough, and then Joe Flacco, of course, too. None of those guys. You want to talk about the guy you develop, the guy you draft high, and the veteran. There's a situation, and also with a defensive-minded guru that's supposed to be there with the Jets. Miami Dolphins, though, kudos for them making the postseason. It's nice to see these AFC, some different AFC East teams in there other than the Patriots. But give me Buffalo at home. That's another home pick. This one could be an upset. NFC, 430 Eastern, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. This is on Fox and Fox Deportes. Um, Minnesota had a chance to be the one seed. I think they're the pretenders of this year. And if anyone's in any danger of losing at home, I feel for those fans. But it is Minnesota. Brian uh, Dayball, uh, he knows enough. He's been around the block more than enough. Uh, I think the Giants could make this competitive. I know some people are calling for the upset here too. Will I go that far to say the Giants defeat the Minnesota Vikings on the road? Man, that's really tough. It's nice to see the Giants back in it. They have a lot of links and uh, synergy with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the old school ownership and everything like that. But, man, they have just been toiling for so long, and now uh, they had a pretty rewarding season here to be the sixth seed. Does it all end here? It very well could. I, I'm 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 struggling. I am struggling. Kirk's Cousins had a pretty good season. Justin Jefferson, I'm trying to think. Minnesota has enough, or the Giants have enough on defense. This game, this game could be really weird. Give me Minnesota at home, just based on Jefferson. He might break loose. Uh, let's jump to the eight fifteen slot, where it's the another uh, matchup of division foes, AFC North teams that made the postseason. The Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens, and after last week's game, there isn't any way in hell I believe that the Bengals allow the Ravens to beat them in their own home. They're used to seeing this happen. Frequently at the end of the season, they get to play each other back-to-back, which we know has been difficult when we looked at the Browns and Steelers a couple of years ago. This one's on NBC, Peacock, and Universo, the A15 slot. This is primetime. Cincinnati, that place is going to be rocking. Their fans, actually, they, they give a crap now, and all of us hate the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be able to muster much more than like maybe 13 points in this game. Their offense stinks. They don't have Lamar Jackson. We don't know if it's Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown at quarterback position. Uh, I don't think it really matters. I think their defense is just going to get trampled. I think Cincinnati was trying to win a game without showing their hand and keep everyone safe for the postseason last week. I think they are going to be all in for this one. And this might be, other than the Buffalo-Miami game, this might be a blowout. Um, Roquan Smith or not, Marcus Peters, whoever, if Joe, Joe Burrow will have to turn into a pumpkin at midnight for the Bengals to effectively lose this game. It's not going to matter if they get to the quarterback or not. And I think that looking around the league, I think the Bengals are adequately built to be able to use some of what the Steelers did to slow down the Ravens and force the quarterback to make plays in which he won't be able to. The Monday night game, a weird one. And it's fifth seed in the NFC, Dallas Cowboys at Fourth seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the worst record. ESPN and ABC, the Manning cast, ESPN Plus, ESPN Deportes, 8-15. Cowboys on the road. Nice weather maybe in Tampa, maybe this time of year. You know, that's a place they play Super Bowls at. 
Cowboys, I said, could be a team to play in the Super Bowl based on their talent. But for some reason, man, you can't count Tom Brady out. And if this one ends up being low scoring, and Tampa Bay has a decent defense. Their offense has been the issue for much of this season. But that's like the Steelers early on. Tampa, they just left those guys on the field. I like the Cowboys to go in here and win on the road just because I still don't think Tampa's got their their act together. But this could, this one could be the real coin flip. Uh, this is the one that I feel the least confident in picking a winner of right next to that Giants-Minnesota game. So three teams out of the NFC East. We call them the NFC least. So we'll see what ends up happening here. Yeah, give me the Cowboys, just because I had already said I thought they had enough ammo to maybe make it to the Super Bowl. They get their they get their wheels spinning. I think it's a year where I think they have the synergy there. They have enough of the magic to get the job done. That'll do it for me, folks. Boom. The grind. Check us out. We're going to continue trying to come at you twice a week. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. It's not always going to be all Steelers, especially when we got playoffs to talk about. I'm going to try and get some guests on here too. We're going to have some fun with this. We'll keep you up to date on any other news. We'll keep our ear to the pavement on any rumors. And we've got, we've got some of those what ifs coming, like what players the Steelers might bring back or should bring back or where they should be looking uh, areas to improve. So uh, we'll have some actual stuff coming. And of course my uh, two co-hosts, they'll be back as well, Zach and Brian. So thank you guys for hanging in. Uh, kind of a happy new year belated of uh, folks, you know, the NFL season lasts a little bit longer than usual here. So, um, again, if you have any ideas to presenters, send them our way. Absolutely. And I know some folks are still asking for a live show. We'll get one of those on the horn here soon enough. Maybe a Q and a type thing. YouTube makes it kind of a pain in the, the problem is we're a multi-platform. So our program is like everywhere You can get us Apple iTunes, you know, or Apple podcasts, they call it now, or. Uh, you know, Spotify, any of your usual suspect type places for the audio only, but the video uh, program on YouTube, it just makes it a little more difficult to go live to be able to get that and bring that to all of our uh, audio only folks who might be listening, you know, in the office or in the car during the week or work. And uh, so uh, we're very cognizant of that, but we will try. We try to keep the live shows for that reason, just to a minimum, but we'll keep that in mind. Just want to let some of you know that have mentioned that in the comments. Anything else you got for us, please do. Thanks for supporting us. And until next time, my name is Joe Kuzma, and we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. 